This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Well, good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 7, and we finally arrived. And uh, that's really what most Christians, most believers think. They think they finally arrived when they actually do what God's told them to do. You have. You've arrived on the scene, but you've not learned everything. In fact, you're just now beginning the process of being able to walk, being able to see, being able to understand, being able to have have interpretations of what's going on around you, to be able to look at things and see them with spiritual eyes. Those things all come with obedience due to faith. And until you decide you're going to be obedient completely, you're never going to be, you're never going to walk that path. But once you do, there's a long process. In fact, it's a lifelong process of learning to see what's going on around you, actually have some understanding of the life that's taking place around you, the spiritual uh, warfare that's going on around you, the spiritual activity that's taking place, the seeing God at work in certain situations, seeing what Pastor Terry calls the God winks, those little things where God just gives you an idea and understanding that he's in the midst of it. He's just looking down to you while you, while y'all are walking through life together and he kind of winks at you. See that? That's how God works with, with everything. And, and being able to see and understand those things, being able to, I guess the best way to say it is, is being able to, to recognize God in his activities around you is a powerful thing. And it never even starts, that never even happens until you decide that you're going to be obedient. Now, remember, obedience is not for obedience sake. And you say, does that really mean anything? Yeah, it means something. I'm not telling you to be obedient to God just for the sake of being obedient. I'm telling you to be obedient to God based off of your faith. So I trust God. And because I trust him, Therefore, I understand that everything he does is good and everything he does is right and everything he does is perfect. And so I'm going to be obedient to him because I trust him. And so it's not an obedience, just it's not a military style of obedience, although that has purpose too. Military obedience is important because when you're in war, if everybody doesn't act on the command of their superior officer, people die. Although that's important, that's not the type of obedience I'm talking about. This is the type of obedience where you have an intimate trust relationship with God and you act upon what he says because of that relationship. Due to the very nature of that wonderful, intimate relationship, you trust in God. That being said, let me say this to you. This is how you begin to see God at work. Now, you feel him in your heart and you uh, hear the good news, and you receive it with joy, 
and it begins to take root in your life. But until you actually begin to walk in obedience to him, complete obedience, it's not partial obedience, your eyes are not open to the broad, wide-ranging activity of God in the world around you. And you can't see God doing the big stuff that he's doing because you're so focused on yourself and you're so inwardly focused on your own desires and your own will and your own way. You don't see what God's doing. We finally got to the place and we're halfway into chapter seven of Exodus. We finally got into place where Moses is going to act in obedience, is going to act in 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 complete obedience to God. In fact, verse eight says, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. All right. Now, <clears throat> this is very important. This is the first step in the long process. God says, okay, Pharaoh's going to want to know whether your God's powerful or not. And what I want you to do is I want you to throw your staff on the ground and it's going to become a, st- a snake in front of Pharaoh. Now, Remember, snake, anytime you read snake, you always think of Lucifer. You always think of him taking over the serpent and and tempting Adam and Eve and uh, causing them to sin. So we understand that God, God himself, operates on Satan's level in the sense of he is able to deal with Satan where Satan's at. He, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to bring Satan up to him because Satan can't come up to him. He's going to attack Satan where Satan's at. Okay? And and this is a picture for the world to understand that God does work on the ground level of world activities. He is, listen to me, he's literally at work in the worst and most difficult situations in the world. He really is. He's not just up on his throne in heaven. He's not in his ivory tower issuing decrees for the earth. God is in the muck and the mire of this earth. He sent his son to take on the form of a man, to become familiar with our sufferings. He, well, the best way for me to say it to you is he is in the midst of the worst that's going on here. His activity, his power, his love, his might is in the midst of what's going on around us. And you can trust him in that. And the first miracle he's going to do, the first work in front of Satan he's going to do is going to be right there on Satan's level, right there in the midst of the struggle, right there in the midst of the problem. And uh, you need to realize that God's, when you start getting those God winks, when you start acting obedience and he starts showing you things, it's usually going to be right there on the fundamental level, right there on ground level. And uh, he's going to be showing you stuff that uh, he's doing in people's lives that you go, that couldn't happen other than God. That person would have never done that had not God been involved. That This would have never happened had not God been doing it. There's nothing in this formula, the people, the situation, the problem at hand. There's nothing in this formula that would have caused this outcome other than God. And let me tell you something. Those are powerful things. Even though they seem minor and nothing, boy, they're powerful. They're, they're life-altering. Because when you look around and say, this person would have never, ever even thought this way. And this person would have never thought that way. And this situation is so terrible and awful. And then, and then you realize that, uh, that the problem is something that just is not, has nothing to do with God. And so when you mix all those A, B, Cs in together, A plus B plus C, you never, ever would ever get to God. And then, boom. God moves and you see him. 
A lot of people never see that. God's moving and they can't, they don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And boom, he's there right there in the midst of it. And he's, his work is being done. And when you see something like that, let me say this to you. When you see something like that, it can't, it's unmistakably God. It's unmistakably God. And when that happens, you know that God's at work and you know that he's using you because he's the one that's giving you that wink, right? He said, Hey, listen, here I am. Here I am. I'm at work. I'm doing my work. Get involved in this. Step in. Lean into what I'm doing here and get involved because you don't get to experience my hand at work in the midst of it. And so he told him, listen, go in there and throw, you, the, throw your rod on the ground. It's going to become a snake. That wasn't for the purpose of the snake going up and biting Pharaoh and killing him so that they could win the whole thing right there to start. Boy, we love for God. We love to come up with God just fixing something magically and, you know, doing something just boom. And there it is. It's magically. Now, sometimes he does. Okay. He does do that. But a lot of times that's not God's wanting you to go through the process of life change. He's wanting you to see the whole deal. He's not most of the time going to do a boom and everything's fixed the scenario. That's not how he's going to do most of the time. Most of the time he's going to have you work through the process and walk through the faith so that so that you'll become who you're supposed to be, so that you'll be stronger, so that you'll be more focused, so that you'll be understanding, so that you'll see. And that's what God's doing. And so no, notice now, Satan's got his retort. He's got his answer. He's got his, he's got his statement to be made. So, mo, no, but before that, God is going to commend them in verse 10. And verse 10 is the kind of commendation of Moses and Aaron. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. That's maybe the best verse we've had in Exodus. Isn't it? Moses and Aaron did just what the Lord commanded. Whew, took a long time. Wow. We got a lot of chapters to go. We got a lot of good stuff going on for sure. There's no doubt about that. But man, took seven chapters to get here. Sometimes that's just how God has to do with us, isn't it? Remember now, Moses is one of the greatest figures of the Old Testament. So if it takes him seven chapters, hate to see how long the book would be on you. <laughs> it's the truth, though, isn't it? Hate to see how long it'd take God to get me to doing exactly as he commanded. It says Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. You know why? Because God's true to his word. God says it's got, something's going to happen. It's going to happen. God says do something so that you can see my hand at work. Do it so you can see his hand at work. God says, A, it's going to be A. God says, B, it's going to be B. And so when God says do something, it's going to happen. And you can count on it. In fact, it's the source of life. And so he says, it says Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. That's powerful right there. It became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Notice, Pharaoh's got an answer. The enemy's got an answer to God's movements at the start. He, they always do. The forces of darkness are always at work around you. And Pharaoh's got an answer. Now, that answer is not sufficient. That answer is got a lot of holes in it. That answer is not near as strong. That answer is not going to prevail. But he got an answer. 
And you need to be prepared for that. And that's part of walking through the process too, is realizing when I start moving by faith, the enemy's going to try to redirect to me, going to try to cause me to waver, going to try to get me off the path. Expect it. Be prepared for it. Don't doubt it. It's it's how things going to be, okay? Be prepared. Be ready. And so it says, it says, Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh, verse 11, then summoned the wise men and sorcerers and Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. Now, we always think that this is, this. Is, we always think that this was two snakes, but it says each one of them, it doesn't tell us how many snakes there were, that there could have been three, four, five, ten. I don't have any idea. Pharaoh summoned the wise men and sorcerers, both of them are plural, and the Egyptian magicians, plural, also did the same things by their secret arts. Notice they did it by black magic, okay? Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake, okay? All right? <clears throat> Satan does understand some supernatural things, and what we consider them to be supernatural, they're actually... Uh, understanding of how the universe is made in a deeper way than we do and operates in a deeper way than we do. Satan does know those things. You need to understand when you're going up against the enemy, he is he's lived the whole time and he's seen all the things that God does and he knows things that we don't know. He is wise, the Bible says, okay? He knows how things operate. And so when you're going up against the enemy, it's not because you're more not because you're going to over overcome him by your knowledge or you're going to overcome him by your goodness. You're not going to do that. You're going to overcome him by the word of God and the word of your testimony, okay? You're going to overcome him by you trusting God's word and operating in your testimony, which is the story of your faith, okay? Uh, that's how you're going to overcome him. He's got power to over. He's got power to deal with you otherwise, okay? And the enemy's going to they're going to fake, they're going to, remember, they're going to, they're going to counterfeit God in every possible way. That doesn't mean it's more powerful than God. It just means that they have the ability to use the understanding and the knowledge of the universe that God operates in because he made it. They operate in it because they've seen God operate in it. The enemy is going to, in many ways, make you think that they are as powerful or as, as, as able as God is. And that's just going to happen. That doesn't mean that they are. That just means that they have seen God move in that and they've learned from it, okay? And so it says each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. But, and this is the important part of this story. There's lots of important parts of this story if you haven't noticed. I've been pretty fired up about it, okay? But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Notice, even though the enemy counterfeited God's miracle, swallowed up their miracle. God's power is greater than their power. And so each staff that was thrown down, whether it be two, four, ten, I don't know, was swallowed up by God's staff because God's power is greater than the enemy's power. God's overcoming is more powerful than the enemy's able to hold on to their stronghold of death, okay? God is more powerful than them. And so Pharaoh, Pharaoh 
is going to step up. The enemy is going to step up and make you think that they're stronger than God. They're not. There were more of them, more snakes than Aaron's staff, but Aaron's staff swallowed up all those snakes. <laughs> Just swallowed them up, okay? And that's what God does. God swallows up the enemy. But at the start, it looks like, uh-oh, God's going to lose here. He's not. Now, the natural reaction you would think is that Pharaoh would see it and like old Nebuchadnezzar that we're studying in the book of Daniel on Wednesday night, that he would worship God. But remember, Satan is never going to worship God, okay? He is never going to worship God. He wants to be God. And Pharaoh became hard. Notice, Pharaoh hardens his own heart. Pharaoh grows hard toward God himself that because his desire is for his own will and not God's will. And he would not listen to them. Notice, and this is the last part of the passage, just as God had said, just as the Lord had said. Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. God already knew that. This is not for the purpose of changing Pharaoh's mind. This is for the purpose of revealing God's ways and teaching Moses and Aaron how to overcome the enemy by being obedient in their faith, okay? And that is the purpose of this, is God proving that he overcomes the world by the blood of the lamb, by the word made flesh and given to us by the work of God through Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and our testimony of how that's affected our lives. He overcomes by the blood of the lamb, by the word of God, by the revelation and the full finished work of Jesus Christ and how that affects our life, the word of our testimony. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony and us applying that to our lives changes the world that we live in. Okay. Aaron and Moses have to learn this. And God has to prove that he's more powerful than the world. And all of these are taking place. Each one of these activities is going on around us. Okay? We got to realize that. Got to see it. Got to know it. Got to walk in it. I want you to hear me today. <clears throat> God is moving around you. Your obedience to his word, his revelation to you, his word and how it is reaches down and speaks to your heart. Your obedience to that will reveal his work. It'll unveil his work that's going on around you. You will begin to overcome when you become fully and completely obedient to his word. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.